Good morning. Today I'm going to be speaking about the wonderful counselor. All right, there we go. That's what's important right there. That's what I needed you guys to see. Thanksgiving is over. Leftovers may not be. <laughs> Hopefully gratitude isn't over. You know, gratitude is so important that we have a national holiday, but sometimes it's easy to leave it at that, isn't it? It's something that we remember for a day or maybe a week. I don't know about you, but every Thanksgiving, during the season of Thanksgiving, sometimes it's a couple weeks before, but I begin to be more thankful. I begin to look around a little bit more at things. And knowing that this message was coming up, and as, as it's kind of been stirring in my heart for the last couple of weeks, I was looking around, paying attention to see if I saw Thanksgiving and people around me when there were opportunities for it. And I was looking at my life and uh, trying to examine and see if there were opportunities for me to be thankful that I wasn't taking advantage of. And I found myself giving thanks frequently, about three times a day, for food. No, but seriously, uh, every morning, this, this actually stirred a lot of thanksgiving in my heart. I was beginning to be thankful for more things. But every morning, I was very thankful for breakfast. Because you wake up hungry, and I'm like, thank you, God, that I can walk out into my kitchen, open the cupboard, and there's food in it. I don't have to go find it. I don't have to go beg for it. I don't even go work for it so that then I can eat five hours later or four hours later, but it's there. And I don't know, but that's just stirred up Thanksgiving in me every morning. I'm like, breakfast. And you know what? I eat a very simple breakfast. Just a bowl of cereal, you know, nothing fancy. Bowl of cereal, pretty much day in and day out. And I'm going like, thank you, God, that my wife knows how to use coupons. And she got these cheap Thank you, God, that you have provided that there's food in my cupboard. And there's a couple of things, although Thanksgiving kind of seems rare when it's not Thanksgiving time. I don't know if you've noticed in society, maybe even in our own hearts, there's a lot of things to be thankful for, but we're not really thinking about it. And there's, there are a couple of things that, that I've noticed that can get you a long way, possibly longer than a lot of other things in life. But it's learning two skills, possibly three. It's learning to say please genuinely and thank you genuinely. We'll get you a long ways in life, at your job, in your family, in your relationships. Please and thank you. It was so important to my parents that they tried to ingrain this into us. Please and thank you. Parents, do you guys do that? Kids, do your parents do that to you? Say please. What's the magic word? Uh, you know, we've got all sorts of different ways of eliciting it. Eliciting it. Sometimes it's just waiting for the please to come out. And I don't know how my parents did it over time. They just really tried to work please and thank you into our lives. But then we got lazy as we got older and a little bit entitled, and we actually thought that please was a magic word. So if I say please, you have to do what I say, right? So we would say pass the salt, please and thank you. I don't know how long it took my parents to break us of that, but it was like now we thought we could, do, we could ask for anything. Please and thank you. And it wasn't genuine, and it wasn't heartfelt, and there was no real thought given to the fact that we were giving thanks. It was just like something you did. So I believe that genuine gratitude and genuine uh, please will get you a long ways in life. And uh, I'm trying to teach this to my daughter. Please and thank you. My son doesn't speak yet, so we're working on my daughter. And 
tell you what, when I, when I hear my daughter say thank you without me telling her to, it melts my heart. It's just, it's, it's an amazing thing. If you haven't experienced it, it's just, it's incredible because you're not going out. Here's this, say thank you. Or I'll give it to you if you say please. But when they genuinely say please, and you give them whatever it is, and they say thank you. Sometimes she, she, she's getting to the point now she thanks me for things that I'm not even expecting, so I'm caught off guard. So I put a movie in for her. She's going to have movie time. I'm walking away. She goes, thank you for a movie. You're welcome. I feed her a meal. I'm not thinking anything of it, right? Because that's what we do. We feed meals. We feed our kids. It's a good idea. Um, and, and I'm walking away, or, we, or I'm cleaning up, and she's like, thank you for food. And it's not that I don't feed her. and she's just, It's just this thankfulness. Is, thank you for food. It's been two days. But it just comes out, and it catches me off guard sometimes. And I wonder, you know, sometimes, maybe that's what God feels like. When an unsolicited thank you comes out of us. Thank you, God. I think we do that to other people, too, when we thank them for things that they're not expecting to be thanked for. But thanks, thankfulness, gratitude is kind of rare these days. And we're embarking on a, on a series right now called Generous Gift. And we're going to explore different facets of a generous God. Different ways in which God has been generous to us. And how he's called us to, to be generous as well. He's called us to live generous lives. And in order to have a proper understanding of that, we have to um, draw on the theological depth of VeggieTales. And uh, I'm going to show you a clip from VeggieTales that I was watching earlier this week with my daughter. And it's of the story of St. Nicholas as a pepper. He wasn't really a pepper. But as he learned gratitude, go ahead and play it. How many of you have seen this, this Veggie Tales? I'll walk you through the play-by-play here of the song. You can turn it back down. So St. Nicholas goes and he's, he's running from home and he comes across a, a lady who's giving food away. And he asks her, do you give food away to make to feel happy? And he says, no, I, I give food away because I am happy. She begins to sing, I can love because God loves me. I can give because God gave. And if you haven't watched the story of St. Nick in uh, Veggie Tales, and if you're kids, you haven't seen that, uh, I would encourage you. Um, there's clips on YouTube you can watch it uh, to watch this song, I can love because God loves me. Uh, or watch it, get it, watch it, and uh, check out. It's a good story on giving and our response. And that's kind of the background. Maybe I'll post it. I don't know why the sound is. I'll post it to the Facebook page. And uh, you can check it out on Facebook. But the whole thing there is the generous gift and living generously is because we first experienced God's generous love. And uh, it's amazing what we can learn from VeggieTales. So I'll post that to the Facebook page later today, and then you can watch it. And uh, that during this whole series, that's kind of what we're looking at is his generous gift to us is what inspires us to live generously. So St. Nicholas, after this, if you watch the movie, 
or you go, go back and, and you know your history on this, he goes back and he begins to live generously. He begins to give generously. And uh, he, his story becomes the foundation from which we, we get the, the folklore that kind of emerged years later uh, of Santa Claus. But it was of a person who was giving because they had experienced God's generous gift. And then they began to live generously. So we're going to look at a bunch of different areas where God gives generously to us. And we are called to live generously because we've experienced it. So if you have your Bible, I want to invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. And once you get that, or if you don't have a Bible, just go ahead and stand. And uh, if you're able, go ahead and stand with us as we read the scripture together. So if you're able, go ahead and stand, and we'll read this. And here we're checking out, Paul is writing to the church of Corinth who had promised to give a gift to the, to the church of Jerusalem or the church of Judea who was in need. And they had promised to give the gift. And Paul's saying, I'm confident that you're going to give. I'm confident that you're going to follow up. And I'm sending people ahead so that you're ready when it's time to collect the gift so that you're ready. And that's where we pick up. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your generous gift that, in, that enables us, inspires us, empowers us to live generous lives. Let us be generous in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So, Paul here is writing to the church of Corinth, and he's talking about meeting a physical need. They had promised that they would give to help the poor in Jerusalem and in Judea. Paul was going to be collecting this. But in this, Paul is addressing an attitude of gratitude and an attitude of generosity. He talks about God making, giving you in abundance so that you can give, so that you can sow. So if you sow abundantly, you will reap abundantly. And this isn't just a principle for giving financially. This is a principle for life. If you live generously, you will reap generously in every area. So... You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. 
which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. So this is, I, we live generously so that it produces thanksgiving in other people so that they begin to live generously so that it produces thanksgiving in other people. And Paul ends with, ends by saying, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Paul had an attitude of gratitude. Paul had overwhelming gratitude that just came out every time he was writing. If you read through his epistles, he would say, I thank God. I thank God for you. I thank you for what you did for me. He wasn't, just, he wasn't holding back. It wasn't like, I'm just going to say thank you once. It came up often. And he taught it, too. Today we're going to talk about something that is the seed and the fruit of generosity. And that's gratitude. It starts with gratitude. It produces generosity. The generosity produces more gratitude, which produces more generosity and so on and so forth. And their giving in Corinth was motivated by the fact that they had received from God and they even had, they had received Paul and the other apostles. They had received from them and they had received from God. And in that gratitude, they see a need and they give. It wasn't that they were filthy rich and they just didn't know what to do with their money and they had extra. Paul told them, set some aside every week so that when the time comes, you have enough. It wasn't like, they, oh, well, when they, when they come, we just got a bunch in the back here. We're just going to go get the gold that we got sitting around. They were, setting, they were saving up to be able to give. But it was flowing out of that place of gratitude of having received God's inexpressible gift. And in gratitude... Ingratitude or ungratefulness blocks this overflow, blocks this cycle. So we're going to look at a couple ways in which ingratitude blocks it and breaks it and kind of gets in the way of what God wants to do. First off, very interestingly, ingratitude is a sign of the last days. You know, you could walk around after Thanksgiving and people aren't giving thanks or say, why wait that long? Black Friday, it's not even a week after. Black Friday, people are shooting pepper spray at other shoppers. You guys read that? What's up with that? Or shots being fired in the shopping centers for stuff. I I don't get it. But anyway, the the gratefulness stops, and it's like me, mine. It's become selfish, self-centered, which is interestingly what the signs of the last days are. 2 Timothy 3 says, In the last days, people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So you could have been walking around on Black Friday with a sign saying, the end is near. Because these are signs of the last days. And ungratefulness makes the list, which is really interesting. We wouldn't think of that. We think of all these other things, but not ungratefulness. Ungratefulness makes the list. So it's a sign of the last days, whereas gratitude is a sign of the Spirit. When we live in gratitude, we're living in the place of fullness of the Spirit. Ephesians 5 tells us, amongst telling us about being filled with the Spirit. We're going to look at that more deeply in a minute. It says that that will lead to giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father. When we have gratitude, that's a sign that the Holy Spirit's working in our lives. Ingratitude is a sign of, very interestingly, an empty mind and an empty life. Romans chapter 1 says that humanity, although they knew God, did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Do you know that the word thanks in the English language and the word think 
have the same root. And maybe we're not thankful because we're not thankful. So that when we're not giving thanks, it's actually a sign of an empty, thoughtless mind. We're not thinking about things. So therefore, we're not prompted to give thanks. So maybe if we were more thankful, we'd be more thankful. I don't know. Gratitude, on the other hand, creates a full heart and a full life. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 tells us that it is the will of God to give thanks. Which means, if I'm living in an attitude of gratitude, if I'm living giving thanks at all times and in everything, I know I'm in the will of God. I'm doing what God wants me to do. And I don't know about you, but there's a certain joy and fullness that comes when you know you're doing what God wants you to do. And your life begins to be full. There's a book uh, called The How of Happiness that has 12 scientifically proven steps to make you happy. I don't know. But anyway, the first one, very interestingly enough, is giving thanks. The very first one, top of the list. More importantly than happiness, it is the measure of how happy you will be, how thankful you are. So it doesn't just, oh, you know, it'll help you be happy. But it gauges. I mean, the more thankful you are, the more happy you will be. Because, well, for starters, you're walking in the will of God. But Philippians chapter 4 tells us, we looked at this last week, where Paul says, I've learned in every situation to be content. And right before that and right after that, he's talking about giving thanks. He's giving thanks. He's thankful. He's rejoicing in suffering. But he's learned to be content in every situation. G.K. Chesterton says, I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. Gratitude creates a full heart and a full life. Ingratitude is a sign of an empty an empty mind and an empty life. Ingratitude is a sign of pride. Same thing, Romans chapter 1, verses 20 through 25. People knowing about God, recognizing God in the world, and yet choosing not to honor God or give thanks to him. That's saying, you, you don't deserve my thanks. I do. It's also a sign of an entitled mindset. Luke 17 tells us the story of ten lepers who come to Jesus. They all get healed, Only one of them returns. It says he returns to give thanks. And he bows down before Jesus and gives thanks. Everyone else must have thought they didn't need to. Sometimes we can come to God that way. Well, God, you have to do this. Or maybe we say please, kind of like we did as kids. Because it's like the magic word. So I said, in the name of Jesus. And you have to answer me. And if you don't, I'm going to get mad at God. I'm angry at God. He didn't answer my prayer. Really? He made you. Do you know that every day you will breathe on average about 20,000 breaths? That's about 20,000 reasons to be thankful without thinking of everything else. Every time you inhale and exhale, that's a gift from God. He gave breath. It's a pretty big deal, but we don't think about it, so therefore we don't think about it. So a lot of things that we can think about that will bring thankfulness in our hearts. So if ingratitude is a sign of pride, gratitude is the result of humility. 
In Ephesians 5, which we'll look at in a minute, Paul says, give thanks always and for everything. Humility and gratitude are inseparable. You can't have one without the other because you have to be humble to acknowledge that you've received something that benefited you and give thanks. Andrew Murray said, humility is the place of entire dependence on God where I recognize that everything that I receive, everything that I have, comes from him. And in that place of humility, the proper response is thanks. Thank you, God. If you acknowledge your dependence on God, it produces gratitude. If you acknowledge your dependence on other people, it will produce gratitude. Sometimes we think of ourselves as, we can have that tendency to think of ourselves as self-made people. Well, I got here because I worked so hard. But stop and think. How many other people helped you get to where you are today? At work, you could think you're a hard worker and you've gotten to where you are because of what you did. But stop and think. How many people paved the way for you to do that? How many people did favors for you? How many people followed through in a way that made you be able to do what you did? How many times do we turn around and go, thank you? Thank you for showing up to work. Thank you for doing your job. Thank you for going above and beyond your job. But we don't think about it, right? I don't. Sometimes I thank God that people stop at stoplights. I'm kind of scared as I'm driving through. But sometimes we don't think about that. We're just driving. We get to our destination. We don't think, thank you, God, that I got here safely. Thank you, God, that you kept the crazy people at bay while I was driving. The people that were driving next to you were praying the same thing. There's a lot of stuff to be thankful for. We've received a lot from God, so it kind of produces this overflowing gratitude, or it should. And that will produce this overflowing generosity because I realize, man, everything I have is from God. I begin to live that way. We're called to gratitude. So on the, on the, on the note of entitlement, when we learn to say please genuinely... Not the please and thank you. But genuinely say please. That fights against the attitude of entitlement that says, I deserve this. So I don't have to ask. I just have to tell you. I mean, it goes all the way to when we order food at a restaurant and the waitress or waiter comes where we can have the mentality, you have to do what I tell you. I don't need to ask you, please. To having the humble attitude that says, I'd like this, please. Could, you, could I please have? Gets a, fights at the entitlement mindset that can work its way into us. But also when they bring the food, right? We're in conversation. We're having a fun time at the table. Really simple stuff. They drop the food off. We can keep going in our awesome conversation. We could be talking about the love of God. And they drop the food off and we don't even stop to say thank you. Or maybe you were just so engrossed in conversation and they were so quick they had ninja waiter skills and they like slip it in and they walk away. All right, but at the end of the meal to be able to say thank you for serving us. We don't think about it. I know I don't. There was one waitress. She was so amazing in contrast with the previous waiters at that restaurant that I singled her out. I followed her. And I said, thank you. You are the best waitress I have ever had here. She was amazing. But when people just do their job, she, was, she excelled. But when they just do their job, we could still give thanks. You have done what you were supposed to do. Thank you. Because it kind of overflows. All right, so then the gratitude, the saying thank you, is, is acknowledging they've, they've served us, they've benefited us, we've received something from them. 
Thank you. Gratitude, then, is both the seed and the fruit of generosity. Keeps this thing moving. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. If you would, you can turn there in your Bibles if you want, so you can see it in your version. Put it up on the screen here in the ESV. This is what we came back to a bunch as we were looking at these different things. Paul says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. A couple things there. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is obviously better than being drunk. Paul was, was highly recommending it. He was saying, don't do the other, don't get drunk. Get filled with the Spirit, it's better. And then it produces something in you. There's a joy that you can't keep inside, and you start singing, even if you can't sing. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, and maybe that's where it's at. Maybe sometimes if we can't sing, it just kind of stays in our hearts. But if you keep it there long enough, it starts coming out. So joy, and part of that joy and that singing, what starts coming out as the Holy Spirit's filling you is gratitude. Giving thanks always for everything. Now there's another scripture that tells us that in every circumstance we are to give thanks, but here it's telling us to also for everything. How does that work? You know? Thank you, God, for the bad things going on in my life. Maybe if we examine them and we're thoughtful in those bad circumstances, we can see God in them. The other day, um, we haven't really told very many people this, um, but my daughter had, had an accident at the house. She was doing what she wasn't supposed to. She was trying to climb up this corner thing that has, uh, has our coffee cups on it, our coffee mugs. And if you've ever been to our house... We have coffee mugs. I went to a friend's house, and he offered me coffee, and he, and he just opened up the cupboard and let me grab the cup for a mug. I grabbed the soup mug. Because that's, like, that's about the size of our coffee mugs at our house. So I grab it, I come over, and he starts laughing at me. I'm like, what? He's like, I only eat soup out of that thing. I'm like, okay, well, fill it up anyway. We, have, we had big coffee mugs at our house, and they were about... Seven feet up on this stand. And my daughter decided she wasn't going to listen to the command that was, go take your coat off and your boots. And she, and as I'm taking the groceries out, she decides she's going to, like, I don't know, climb my wall. And she pulls the thing down, and it shakes it just enough that the, that the thing that's holding six coffee mugs just tips just enough that it goes, boo, straight down. All but one coffee mug shattered on the floor. The other one hit her on the head. Um, smack in the center of the head. And I saw it happen. And I run over there, and I pick her up, and I pick my son up, and I kind of go to a place where there isn't shattered coffee mugs everywhere because they just covered the whole kitchen, small kitchen. And uh, I'm holding her, rubbing her head. Oh, you're okay, you're okay. I pull her back. She's bleeding because the coffee mug hit her on the head, but the hooks that were holding the coffee mug came straight down her face and down the center of her nose. So we're, you know, we're at a point where we're in between insurance companies, and I'm like, great, urgent care without insurance. That's fun. Um, 
But I'm checking it out. I'm like, okay, this isn't emergency room material. Thank you, God. That was Thanksgiving right there. This is, this is urgent care. Let's, let's hold some, keep some pressure on there. We go to the doctor, and as I'm sitting in the waiting room, which was about an hour, uh, the doctor's, you know, when he gets to it, he's cleaning her nose off. He's like, oh, this is really dried on, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, because it happened an hour and a half ago. Uh, but we, we clean her nose up. We, they glue it back together. Awesome stuff. Thankful for that kind of technology. That was an awesome advance. Just boop, glued back together. But as I'm sitting there and seeing, it went right down the center. So that was bad, right? And I could be, God, why did you let that happen? But what happened in my heart was, God, thank you that it didn't slide just a tiny bit to the side and slice it across so that she would have to get a stitch back together. Thank you that it wasn't her eye. But we can look at our negative circumstances and go, God, why did you let this happen? Or we can see, God, thank you that I'm still alive. Thank you that it wasn't my eye. Thank you that I can still work. Thank you that I have a job. It might not be the job I used to have, but thank you that I have a job. Thank you that I live in a country where if I don't have a job, they can help support me while I find a job. It's not like that everywhere. So we're called to give thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of Jesus. Philippians tells us, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Giving thanks always and in every circumstances is the will of God. And when we have an attitude of generous gratitude, this will lead to generous living. And generous, generous living and generous gratitude towards others will produce generous gratitude in them and generous living. So today, I want to invite you to be grateful for life. You are alive. 20,000 breaths a day. You are alive. <sighs> Thank you. Every breath you take. Huh. Anyway. Um, be thanking God. So I want to invite you to that. To be, be thankful for the fact that you are alive. Be thankful in life. Be thankful that his mercies are new every morning. He doesn't run out. So this Advent, during this, this series that we're doing, during this season of hope, let's make it also a season of gratitude because the giving and the generous living and responding to the generous gift that God has is going to start, and we're going to notice those things in our lives when we start with gratitude for what he's given us. And we're going to start noticing more and more how much God has given us if we start with gratitude. So I want to invite you, during the next five weeks, find something every day to be thankful to God for. And it might be a warm shower. I've thanked God for that more than once. I grew up on cold showers. It might be running water. It might be a toilet inside the house. Hallelujah. It might be a toilet inside the house that works. You know, you, this could go a lot of different ways. But be thankful. Find one thing. And you'll find that as you begin that discipline of finding one thing, you'll start finding more things. But just start with one to thank God about. So I want to invite you into that place of, of gratitude. And I want to challenge you. This one takes a little bit more work. 
Find one person to thank that you wouldn't normally thank. Just one person. You may find that just thanking them may open up opportunities for the kingdom of God. You may surprise them so much that they break down and start crying because no one else has ever thanked me. It gives you an opportunity to share about why you can have that generous spirit and that generous giving because you've received the generous gift. Like the song that we kind of listened to earlier, I can love because God loves me. I can give because God gave. So find one thing to thank God for every day and find one person every day. It might be writing a letter to a previous coworker, previous boss. It might be just looking for those opportunities throughout the day. But let's be grateful. And I want to, as part of that challenge, just to kind of get the wheels turning, I want to challenge you when you get home today. And don't save it for another day. Get out a piece of paper and write down grateful on one side and ungrateful on the other. And on the ungrateful side, you can write things like snow, cold, bad weather, you know, whatever you're not grateful for. Whatever things just irritate you. And on the grateful side, write the things specifically that you're grateful for. And if you take the time to do that, you'll find that the things on the grateful side are more permanent more long-lasting than the things on the ungrateful side. Short-term versus long-term. And then let that begin, kind of let, let that feed a life of gratitude emerging from this, from this time together. Let that kind of jumpstart gratitude towards others and towards God. Because God gave us a generous gift. And he's called us to be generous givers. And it starts with gratitude, which will overflow to others and will overflow to more gratitude and will overflow to more praise to God. It's, a, it's another form of evangelism, really. You start giving thanks and you start living generously to other people, they'll go, why are you treating me this way? Why are you saying these things to me? Why are you going out of your way to help me? Why are you taking up an offering to bless me? Why are you giving up your money to help me? Because I've received a generous gift, and therefore I can give. Really simple connection there. And as we live generously, people will begin to give thanks to God. And they'll begin to live generously, and the glory of God will fill the earth. You know, it's pretty simple. I'm really boiling it down, but it's, if we start doing this, it just spreads. So it's an exciting time, and Christmas is a great time to live this way. And hopefully over the next 30 days, we, it, it becomes a habit, and this is how we live, because get, I think thankfulness, given the way Paul writes, is supposed to be a hallmark of Christian life. Man, you've got... This would be great if people in the world looked at our lives and go, like, you've got nothing. And you're thankful. Compared, or they might say, compared to me, you have nothing. And yet you have a good attitude. And yet you're thankful. Or what are you so happy about? Why are you so thankful? Why are you so joyful? Because I've got the right perspective. So I want to invite you to, to pray with me.
And if today you haven't received God's gift, you've heard about Jesus and how his life was given for you, but you haven't experienced surrendering your way, your way of life, giving up your, you trying to earn a right relationship with God or with other people, and you just want to receive his gift of grace and his gift of love in Jesus Christ for you, to forgive your sins, to make you right with God, to bring you into the family of God. Today, if you haven't received that gift, I want to encourage you to receive the gift as we pray. And if today you have received that gift, well, right now as we pray, let it begin to overflow in thanksgiving and praise to God. Worship team, if you want to come up, that would be great. And for those of you that need a challenge today, I want to challenge you to reject ingratitude in every area of your life and begin to live a life of genuine gratitude daily. So kind of in that spirit, whatever is hitting you, let's pray. Let's pray together. Go ahead and just take a minute as the worship team gets ready to play, and let's just pray where we're at and respond to this. Let that thankfulness and let that gratitude begin to overflow in your heart. As you think about his gift and his many gifts, Let gratitude begin to overflow in your heart. God, we thank you for the inexpressible gift that you've given us in Christ Jesus. That you didn't send somebody else. You sent yourself. You came. And you took our place. And you have given us every good and perfect thing Lord, we want to thank you today. We want to live lives of gratitude. Help us to see all the ways in which you bless us, in which you provide for us, in which you sustain us. Lord, that gratitude would overflow in our lives to where it produces generosity and gratitude in others. In Jesus' name. Are you glad you came today? All right. I want to pray a benediction over us, but my exhortation to you as you leave is to listen clearly to what the Lord's been saying about thankfulness and hope, and uh, take time to greet someone on your way out. Um, it make a huge difference in someone's life. As I was sitting there, I don't know why the Lord does these things, but he does. I was up in St. Cloud doing a hockey camp this summer, and um, I remember I was in the room, in the coach's room, with Mike Sauer of the New York Rangers, and he left, and he came back in, and he said, you know, I don't think we ever got a chance to meet. This is a multimillionaire who plays professional hockey. And I was overwhelmed by that. There are people in this room that your thankfulness and your greeting can have an impact in their life. Amen, Dwayne? Lifetime impact in their life. Dwayne was told me that he was changed and transformed by someone greeting him with a simple smile. So, my prayer for you is this. 
That as we leave this place, the God of all hope would fill you with understanding, would fill you and transform you, that he would bless and keep you, that he would make his face shine upon you, and that as you dwell in this world, as you walk in this world, they would see the transforming love of Jesus Christ through you. God bless you as you leave today. There's no service tonight. Be sure to give someone a hug on the way out. Amen.